Good evening, good morning, good night, and how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Wit, W-I-T, Kevin and Son. And today I'm bringing you a, a very special, special, very unique person, kind. He is outgoing. He is an author. He definitely has a story to be told. For those of you that are sitting on their porch, driving in their car, or you're that one young person that's feeling the kind of way that you don't fit in, you don't belong, this story is going to resonate with you. My guest, Brandon Griffin, his story is about survival, surviving molestation, addiction to cocaine, domestic violence, and coming from a broken home. Brandon's story may not be original to some, but to others, this may be a story that needs to be told. My guest, Brandon, is a personal friend of mine, has a book that's on Amazon.com called Outcast Will Outlast. He's also, we shared another connection. He was a nominated uh, finalist in the Distinguished Author Guild Award in 2021. He actually predicted the night before that um, my book was also nominated that I was going to win. But the reason why I'm bringing uh, Brandon's story to you is because for a lot of us, stories like this go untold. For a lot of us, we feel invisible. For a, lot, for a lot of us, we question where our place is in mankind or humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be a couple of things you're going to learn. You're going to learn his story. You're going to learn where you fit into his story. And you're going to learn that he is a warrior and a conqueror of his own story. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Talking with Kevin and Son. This episode is brought to you by RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. And through the power of our stories, our, our mission is to uplift, inspire, share experiences and perspectives using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. This show is all about the people you should know, and our purpose is helping other people every single day. We create hope. And I want to introduce you to author, entrepreneur, motivational uh, speaker, and just, damn, he's a good person. Mr. Brandon Griffin. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Talk with Kevin? I want to first off tell you thank you for the opportunity um, that you have bestowed upon me. I appreciate it. Um, I'm doing well. That, that's good. That's Amen. good. That's good. Well, uh, I, I want to have some fun here. And I, I know this is a tough story to tell. Um, and I know it's going to take you back. But um, you're in Houston, Texas. Yes. Okay. That's a hard place to be different. Yes. 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 Um, I think Officer and Gentleman had a quote in, in there that was tough to swallow. We can, probably can't even repeat that quote right now um, mm. because we, we'll get canceled for some reason. But yeah. what I, I like to do, um, I like to learn a little bit uh, more about Brandon because I know Brandon from um, his book, Outcast Will Outlast. Yes. Um, I also know you from our many personal conversations, but 12, 13, 14 year old Brandon, 
I want you to go back to you, you sitting on that porch in, in Harvard, Michigan. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy to some someone. He's got 23 brothers and sisters. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that growing up. I come from a family of 13, so I know that's an experience. <laughs> so you, you had your own built-in nursery and friends. So take us back to um, Brandon Griffin before all of this wonderful stuff happened. And, and when you discovered that you were an outcast. Um, before anybody knew me, I was just a little boy, just real gullible, nice, wouldn't meet a stranger, active, outgoing, gullible person. I was very free-spirited, as my mom would say. Um, I never met strangers coming up. I never um, been in a place where you, I'm not approachable. I will approach anybody. I didn't care who it was and I would put a smile on their faces. So um, growing up being the eldest of 23 children, that's on my mom and dad's side, but most of the children are from my father's side. And so being the oldest, you had it was more responsibility, uh, more whoopings, <laughs> uh, more, um, you know, like the father figure to my brothers and sisters. And so with a lot of them, I didn't have a relationship, close relationship, if that makes sense. Uh, we, Some of us, we knew each other, but we didn't know each other until like we had a wedding or a funeral or a family get together. And they were like, oh, this is your other sibling. I said, well, okay. Hey, little Griffin's running around. And so I, I, I am a very family-oriented person. So growing up from a small town where everybody knows everyone, um, it was quite fun. But at the same time, um, behind the smile, behind the genuine, um, lovable, gullible personality, there was a little boy crying out for help. There was a little boy that did not fit in with everybody. Um, coming up, I discovered I was an outcast when I was a little different because 90% in my family were women. I grew up around a lot of women. So most of the men in my family, if I did see them, it was more like toughen up or, you know, be hard. You have to have this hard exterior in order to be called a man. But I never had like my father, my, my biological father, he did not raise me because he had a illness. And I, I never say a drug addict, but he had an illness. He had an illness that he was a, 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 a burden that he was carrying. So he couldn't raise me. Uh, to be the man that I wanted to be, but I had my mother and I had my aunties and I had cousins. And so um, coming up, 90% of the women raised me. So I know how to cook. I know how to clean. I know how to be, you know, not be dirty, but I, I can't go outside looking any kind of way. I always like to go outside presentable. And so to the man in my family, they thought that were that was gay. You know, if I cried because I was a sensitive kid, you know, if I cried, you need to toughen up or you need to stop. Man, real man don't cry. And so when I didn't cry, it started to affect my insides. And so that 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 14-year-old felt it was rejection. Um, not having a father coming up, something that I've always dreamed about, longed for, it affected my uh, childhood. I will go to school and watch my friends' fathers and their parents show up for parent-teacher conference, show up for baseball games, show up for football games. And so I signed up, you know, just to 
see if my dad was going to come around. You get what I'm saying? I, I, I yeah. signed up to see if my family was going to support me and it did not happen. Um, I was called gay coming up. Uh, you're weird. You're different because I didn't like to go outside with little boys. I wanted to actually study and look at different stuff. I like the animals. I like the nature. I was just a different kid. I dressed different from everybody else. I would wear overalls in the summertime and it's 90 some degrees, but I thought it was cool. And so I would dress like I wanted to dress. And my mom said, that ain't what I picked out for you. And so I was a little different. And so to normal society, I was called weird, gay, because I expressed myself through clothing. I expressed myself through dancing. And so for my uncles, they were like, nah, he a bag. And my cousins, oh, he's gay, he's this and that. And so those seeds that were planted in my childhood, it affected my teenage years. Remember, I was, I was brought up around women. And so I had women qualities, like how to clean, be neat, be humble, be nice. I didn't have that rough neck, you know, in and out of prison mentality. I always knew that I was going to become something, but I never just had nobody to accept me for being me. Love me where I'm at till I get where I'm going. So coming up, I always felt like the black sheep, like I don't fit in with everybody else. Like mm -hmm. every time I come around, people wouldn't per se, but you can... You know, a person can judge you by how they look at you. Uh -huh. So people will perceive me on my outer appearance instead of getting to know me. So I would get called all kind of names and you faggot, you gay. And, you know, gay people have A's and da da, -da. He's going to be gay. He used to, they used to tell my mom he's going to be gay when he come up. He's not, you know, he's not going to last long at 18. He's going to die from A's and things like that. And so that kind of traumatized me a little bit. That gullible, nice guy that I used to be a child that I was, it grew up, I grew up becoming a monster. I grew up angry, I grew up fighting. Anybody use that word, he gay, he feminine, or he a faggot, I will fight. And so now that sweet person turned into a bitter person. So um, my dad would take care of his, my other siblings and stuff like that. And my other, other siblings' mom would put stuff in their head that my dad wasn't my, what that was not my body he was not my biological dad so my other brothers and sisters kind of winged away from me and so there's another part of bitterness because I'm like okay why my dad take care of them he's not take care of me and my mom used to always say I'm your mommy and your daddy so now I'm confused now now I'm confused and so I'm like okay where do I fit you know, now let me ask you this going through all of this as, as a child all right because I'm a firm believer that when you are going through struggles, God has a tendency to place people in your life to be shepherds. Yes. As a child, all right, I, I hear everyone else trying to mold you to be something that you have not identified with or can identify with. Was there anyone that was a safe place? Someone that came into your life that understood the conversation and the experiences you had? that were able to tell you that you were something special, that you had greatness within you? Because I, I know within my story, our stories are not much different. It's just locations and people. And so I wanna know who God placed in your life when you were a young man trying to discover who the man was going to be. Who was that person? What was that conversation? How that relationship began? My grandmother, she's deceased now. 
uh, with the late Dorothy Bailey. Um, my grandmother was not perfect, but she loved her grandchildren. And so developing the closeness is when I would go through things at home and I would ask her, can I come over with my other cousins? Every weekend, grandma house was like safe haven. It was a place where we can go and we can be ourselves. We can love on each other. And other siblings, other cousins, excuse me, family members went through things. But when we came to Granny's house, it was like, ah, oh, peace. Granny made sure that we were good. Granny, you, you need to talk about something. Is it something that we need to discuss? You know, I'm here for you. That's the type of grandmother I had. Right or wrong, she was there. And so when I did come out and tell her that I was gay <clears throat> at the time, excuse me, she was like, I loved you all the same. And when I told her some things that happened to me, it, it devastated her and made her angry at the same time. But she said, I may can't take back the past, but I'm going to love you right where you at. She said, you're going to be something great. She never missed a concert. She never missed a school event. She never missed anything. And so, you know, some grandparents, some grandchildren get offended when grandmothers love another child more than some than others. And so it wasn't favoritism. It's just sometimes another child needs a, a little more attention than the other child. And so that's how it was with me and my cousin, cousins that went through, had wounded backgrounds that had you know, we all had crazy backgrounds. And so when Granny House was like a safe haven, I think I got a whooping from my grandmother like twice. I think one time I didn't look both ways when I crossed the street. And at 18 years old, I called myself trying to smoke a cigarette because I was stressed. And she popped me and my mom was like, don't do that no more. But my grandmother was very like, that was like my mom. That was... She was everything wrapped up in one. And when she died, a part of me died with her. I, I, like I, I lost hope. I, I do, do under, understand that. And I, I know through your, your readings, your writings, um, you, you carry some of that uh, with you. But 23 um, children in your family, did you have a sibling that had your back, that identified with you outside of your grandma? One. Who was that? My sister, my sister, my baby sister, Sky. Okay. See, she's quiet. We're like night and day. Yeah. But she got my back. She's got your back. I'm yeah. just like I, I treat her like my first daughter, because I was the big brother that was overprotective because of the things that we went through and some stuff that was done. So I was the overprotective brother, even with their age now, they're 30, 20 something now, when I'm still, hey, who, what, what you doing? What, who is that? Do I, do I have to check somebody? I'll still have that fatherly big brother role. You know, I still play that big role. And uh, my sister, Sky, we grew up together, we, we were tight. She's just quiet and to herself and I'm the outgoing radical. So my sister has my back. All right. I, I am not going to. And I, I know I, I brought up in the intro about you being physically abused and, and molested. 
I'm not going to take take you back there. So we, we don't have that conversation unless you kind of kind of bring it up. But the one thing I want to make sure our listeners know is that and understand is that a, a child when it, it, he or she is born comes in as an original product. Within the first 24 months, we become a copy of whatever our environment is. And as we grow up, that child is molded into the conversations that um, we're having and the experience that we're sharing with that child. And I understand that someone teaching you to hate who you are is a reflection of who they're projecting on you because they hate within themselves. There are a lot of young people today that are going through what you've been through. I always say that, you know, most of us are not where we want to be, but we're right here where we need to be until we get to the point where we want to be. And right now you need to be here because this, this story needs to be told. So we're going to fast forward before you put pen to paper. Um, is writing your story a form of therapy or were, were you dumping the poison or the toxic that was in your, your system in order to allow the ripples and the waves that you are creating going forward to be better for not only for yourself, but for someone else. Writing became a therapy. It was like a one-on-one intimate with self. Um, I wasn't a writer. <laughs> writing was not in my my plans the key word my plans and so a, a prophet told me that I would write books one day and I would write a documentary and I'm like who's gonna write a book I'm not writing a book but I had to sit down and regroup because how I used to react to my anger I will fight first ask questions later I I always went by triggers because of the triggers of my past and the triggers of my childhood. You know, I would act first. So I always be the first they call, let's fight, let's fight, let's fight. And so writing um, actually started when one day I sat down, I was going through something really, really hurtful and I just started writing. And I still have the piece of paper from 2012. Um, that was the beginning of just my writing, my writing journey. Um, I would just write down all of what I went through. I just started writing. I kept writing. I take a break and I write. If I feel something, I just write. And it's like I got healed through writing. I said, well, my story ain't like everybody else's, you know, but you got to be honest and be real and be transparent. I said, if I'm ever going to be an author, God, you know, because I could solve a God with everything. I said, if I'm ever going to be a, a phenomenal author, if I'm ever going to be a, a, uh, a distinguished author, if I'm ever going to be an author that's real, I don't want anything fiction. I want, th look, this is what I've been through. This is my experience. It's nothing fake about it. It is what it is. And I said, therapy, it became therapy outside of my therapy, outside of me going to therapist. Writing became a therapy for me. This is how I heal. And some stuff I don't like to revisit, but that stuff that we try to hide needs to come up. So in order for somebody else to be free. And I said, I can't publish a book until I get free. If I'm not free, how could I tell somebody else to or show somebody else to be free? I had to get free first in order to 
writing in book form. And so he was healing me while I was going through my process of coming off drugs. He was healing me through the writing. I just kept writing. I just kept writing. One day I looked, I said, I got about three or four books. I didn't wrote. They, the pastor told me 12 books. I'm like, 12? But as I continue to write and as I continue to read others' books, as I continue to glean from what I've already produced, it makes me want to write more because of where we, the, the society that we live in today, where everything is so fiction. Everything is so fake now. And so I left you at the end, Brenda, so you could be straight up, like, be you, be comfortable with being you while still serving me. Be comfortable with sharing your story and not worry about what people think. Be, um, be comfortable with, with sharing your highs and your lows. And so writing has become a therapy to me. That's my, my safe haven. Like if I feel stuff, I write it down now. Instead of reacting and fighting and going off, I'd rather write. And so it always turned into some type of book form or some type of encouragement post. And before I can encourage anybody else, it encourages me because I didn't think I had the ability to even do a book. Well, <laughs> so it's a therapy. I am glad that you found your ability um, in order to write your book. And that's going to be a nice segue to, to asking you right now. How do people get in touch with you and how do they get in um, get your book, get a copy of your book. Where can they get it? They can get my first copy. Hold it there. I'll cast what I'll last. It is on Amazon and my website is getting built now. It's called fit, fitforpurpose.com. They will be available on there, but it'll be on Amazon. You can reach me on Facebook, Brandon Griffin, the Outcast Wild Last. This is volume one of my first book, and this is volume two pandemic blessings and All so right. this is also on amazon as well and you can reach me on facebook at brandon griffin or griffin brandon <laughs> you can reach me on uh instagram excuse me outcast underscore outlast two and you can reach me on youtube at brandon griffin no i like the way you segue to that and I just want to say for uh, our, our uh, guests, people that are, are listening, um, you got to get to know Brandon Griffin, um, not just the author, but the person. He is a beautiful person. He, he is always present. Um, I dressed up today because I know he was bringing, bringing it on. <laughs> I also want, want, want to say that for the last couple of episodes that I have been using um, a wireless bone conductor uh, headset by Aftershock. I've been experimenting with, with that, and I think the quality over the $300 mic that I normally been using uh, is awesome. So those of you that are podcasters, those of you that have been putting the earbuds in your ear, this is a better uh, um, quality product, um, and it's doing less damage to your ears. But I want to go back to Brandon's uh, story, the story of one that should be told. And that's what we do here. We've showcased people that have stories that need to be told. I have a very close friend, my business partner, Ray Porsche. And I want you to think about what this says. People don't change the conditions. The conditions change the people. With that quote, how does that resonate to you? Because your, your conditions um, could have put you into a situation that we may not be here today. 
how did those conditions change you? Those, read it one more time. People don't change the conditions. The conditions change the people. Mm. Oftentimes, you don't know how strong you are until you go through something. And the enemy always intimidated me to use my purpose against me. I used to be afraid to come out of my shell. I used to be afraid to tell my story. I used to be afraid to still think about what people thought about me. But it wasn't until I went through something. It changed my perspectives about what I went through. Had I not went through what I went through, I wouldn't know how strong I was. Had I not went through the molestation, had I not went through the abuse, had I not went through being an outcast, I wouldn't even understood, I, I wouldn't even stood the test of outlasting. All the things that I went through, it qualified me for such a time as this, which is the pandemic. And what people don't understand in the pandemic is it, it, it's not man-made, but it was something for things to come out because we've been wearing masks for so long. And so it was a thing for now, people had no other choice to be but to be real. So what it did, I look at the things that I've been through, it made me who I, I was, who I am today. And it was intentional. It, it, it didn't change who I was, it just changed my perspective on how to go through things. And so I'm kind of, I'm grateful for that. But then at the same time, I feel sorry for those that now have to deal with their reality. And then that's where I come into place. The last yeah. shall be first and the first shall be last. Yeah, I, 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 I speak to young people all the time and you're talking about your past becoming your reality. I always say that the past is just an explanation of something you came up with to explain why you are who you are. And that is just an excuse. That must, and I say to people that must end um, because life's about choice and chances. You choose to either be stuck where you are yes. or you choose to become unstuck and find out where you need to go and where yes. you should be. All right. So tell me about life as with Brandon right now. Dapper Dan, beautiful person, lover of, of, of life, um, protector of ki kindness. And just damn, you're a good person, man. You're a good person. What, what's going on with Brandon's life right now? Right now, I am getting ready to graduate and get my master's degree in July um, in business, my MBA in business management. I'm getting ready to release my third book very soon. It's called Voices in the Mind. It will be released on my 36th birthday, June 3rd. Um, very busy, um, getting ready to, um, start my documentary of my life, getting ready to start mentoring and touring ministry wise, um, getting ready to go out there and get my people. And for those that are different and maybe watching this, um, I hope that I get to connect with you and I pray that you get my book. But I did want to put this as a nugget in here. 
Don't ever be afraid of who you are. I know society, everybody looks the same, but everybody isn't the same. It's okay to be abnormal. Abnormal is actually good. I'm staying in Houston, Texas right now, but I don't know what God is going to take me later on in life. But right now I'm just living life and trying to motivate other people to continually to be you. And very busy life, <laughs> especially with um, trying to promote and get books out. So I'm doing some, a lot of promoting right now, getting my story out, my t-shirts, and uh, these dip connections, trying to connect all the dots together. And so Life with Brandon is a little crazy right now, but we're getting ready to party in about a month, all the right. whole summer. So, All right. Let, let, let me let me say this, because I know this interview is not about me, but I, I can't help myself but to, to also add to you that the, I always say words are important. They're either designed to build something or to destroy someone. And when you talk about being different, I want you to add to being different. Sorry about the noise in the background. They are cutting the grass. Until you identified it, no one knew there was noise going on. Okay, stay stay present. Um, you're you're a child of God, so you're an original. You do not own anyone else's problems. You do not own anyone's story, but your your own. Don't be a copy of something that you do not want to visit. Be an original of a place that you want to go. Um, stop using different as, as a word. To, to be negative, different is a gift. You know, that's yeah. the re reason why everyone has a story to be told because it's different. Everyone is on a different adventure. Everyone has a different quest. The reason why water comes to the sand instead of the sand coming to um, the water is because the water has to travel all around the world. And so those experiences allows us to open up our, our life. Um, you're special. You're a gift. All right. Take the word different out and say, and, and say that you're a gift. Well, that's going to be my signature because I am different. Kevin, I'm really different. What I mean by being different, I'm set apart. All right. Which is good. I'm a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. I'm set apart. You know, I'm like this piece that's missing from the puzzle. All right. You just got to put me in, you know, I'm just All different. Right. All right. So well, no, I'm not going to say I'm different. I'm peculiar. You're, you are a, a work of art. You are that great vision that becomes invisible to other people. That's what you are. All right. So let me ask you a question. I was going to test you on this. And um, I, I and because someone did it to me, you know, no more tests. No, coming from a family of 13, can you name all 23 your siblings? <laughs> it's a lot of them all right and quite frankly i don't know a lot of their names all right that's fine well let me ask you this all right father's day is coming up in june you have a birthday coming up in june i i know that your relationship with your father is not a perfect relationship and i know there's going to be a conversation that's going to be had if you were to go ahead and give your father his roses because his shortcomings became your strength, do me a favor, take a couple of minutes and talk directly to your father through this interview and tell him how wonderful you came out. <laughs> 
well, I'm so happy that me and my father's relationship is so much stronger than it's ever been. And I love my dad and I want my dad to know he produced something amazing. He produced something that the world needs. If it wasn't for his seed, I probably wouldn't be here today. And so to my, my dad, I love him. I love you, dad. I appreciate you. I understand, you know, life happens. Life happens to all of us. But guess what? You produce one of the most greatest gifts in the world. And I want to continue to make you proud and continue to make our legacy strong. Wow. Love your son. There you go. Love your son, Brandon. And Brandon, um, again, great book. Um, Outlast will, Outcast will outlast. How do, we, how do we get that book and how do we reach you? Again, there you go. Amazon.com. You pull up, you see this little blue velvet jacket? That's Brandon Griffin. You could get value one or two. It's called Pandemic Blessings. Sorry. Pandemic Blessings. You can reach it on Amazon, leave a review, um, get to know me as a person. Um, my story, you might read the first book and be like, that's all you gave us just a tease. It's only seven chapters. It may be a short book, but it's a really strong, strong message. My second book is 10 chapters, so you may read a little bit, but you'll get to know who I am as a person. And I just pray that my story helps a lot of people, men, men and women, boy or girl, it don't matter. Get the book because it's going to bless your entire life. And I tell people, before you even get it, you can get it, read it on Kindle, um, Kindle for free. You can read a sample of what you're purchasing. And go ahead and join the movement. All right. Go ahead and enjoy it. So last, uh, outcast to outlast. So you're, you're living your dream. That's the reason why you're outlasting right now. Yes. I, I asked this of 99.9% .9 of the people that come up on Talking Wit, W-I-T, Kevin and Son. Uh, to this date, I've only been doing this for, you know, since August 2021. I've had four people out of nearly 100 episodes that I've interviewed that have been asked this question. And one of my viewers has granted them their ask, A-S-K. Now, again, I'm never going to have a million people following and that's not my goal. My goal is to have people to have a higher call to action. I always say my people that follow and listen to this podcast are not those that drive by an accident and just stare. They're the type of people that stop to help. So they have a higher call to action. So if I were to ask you, your one ask, A-S-K, your one dream could come true and you can put it out there and someone connected to th this listening audience right now to make that dream come true. What would your ask be? Mm. There's a quote that says, always remember to fall asleep with a dream and to wake up with a purpose. And my ultimate dream is to definitely go, my, is to go and talk to someone like Oprah or um, Tyler Perry 
and just to glean from them to help me get to where I need to go. All right. I am going to embellish on that uh, ask. You know, I, I'm going to ask from a, a higher call, call, call to action of a person that has greater power than Oprah or Tyler Perry, but he is responsible for their gifts. I'm going to ask God, yeah. someone of strong faith. Well, of course, God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me finish. All right. Um, to allow you to fill an Olympic-sized stadium with people waiting with bated breath to hear your story. And to the left of you and to the right of you, your ask will be asked because in the seat will be Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey and some great leaders of the world. I will ask that for you, if there's an individual that's been tormented, tortured, or mistreated because they feel a little different and the society has placed labels that are, should be positive to be negative on them, to grant them the strength that Brian Griffin has in order to outlast what we believe to be outcast. God doesn't have to make any mistakes. And that's the reason why you're the gift. And so with that said, I'm, again, I hope everyone, you know, um, you know, connects with Aftershock, you know, check out the over um, the ears, bone conducting uh, headsets. And, and to my listeners, I just want to thank you 1000 times over and over, find 1000 reasons to be kind to someone. We covered a lot of information in here and we shared Brandon's personal story. If you liked what we shared with you, I ask that you go to RMK Productions and Network on our YouTube page and follow and subscribe and share this story. And Brandon, I'm gonna ask you to do this too. I, I think you got one more thing you wanna go ahead. Oh no, I was telling them to share. Oh, to share, all right. Yeah. And if you would like to be a guest and Brandon, I will extend this, you have an open door. And if you have someone that wants to be uh, a guest on Talking With Kevin and Son, go to our uh, website, email us at info at rmkproductions.net and go ahead and fill out the information. Within 48 hours, we'll get back in touch with you. Brandon, I appreciate um, you. I hope you come back. If there's anything that you would like to leave as a takeaway to our listeners, now is the time to do it. What would you like to say to our listeners? I would like to say to everyone, thank you for listening to my story, but his glory. And listen, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be an outcast because you're going to outlast and continue to be you, grow into loving you, embrace you where you're at. Because one day you're going to be just like me on Talk With Kevin and share your story. So remember your story, keep your story authentic. Keep it real. That's it. There you go. And ladies and gentlemen, please go to Amazon.com and look up the books by Brandon Griffin. Outlast, Outcast Will Outlast. It's on Amazon. You can reach him on the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or we'll figure out some way to connect you personally to that. Again, I'll thank you. As my grandfather, Joseph Phillips, the late Joseph Phillips has always said, when you get to a point that you can help someone, he said, it's your duty to do so. And Brandon, thank you for um, doing your duty. Reach one, teach one. And that's the end of our episode and we'll fade to black. Thank you.